You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with The Good News. Oh, I'm so glad I came today. I get so happy because I've got my friends Beatrice Bruno, the drill sergeant of life, and producer Dave here as well. And Beatrice, whenever you come in, I always want to make sure that I'm, you know, here because you, you've filled in for me in the past. And uh, now that you'll be doing your ministry and traveling around the country to different military bases, I won't get to see you as much, but we're still going to be keeping in touch with Beatrice. All week we've been talking about how she's taking her RV, the Sermonator, uh, around the country, stopping at uh, military bases and uh, praying for these young people, uh, you know, giving them Bibles and meeting with them about their futures and uh you know, just ministering to people who may not have ever heard about Christ before, young, yeah. vulnerable military men and women. And in the aftermath of, you know, her hus- losing her husband, uh, she, she felt God was really calling her to hit the road. So that'll be happening soon. Amen. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. I miss my military folks. And I love being on military installations and, and ministering to them. But... I'm also looking forward to because remember I told your kids that at some point we're going to meet up and they're going to spend some time with me in the RV. So I'm looking I can't forward wait. to we're that. Gonna, yeah. We're going to meet you somewhere on one of their on one of their vacations. It'll be a blast. Yes. Yes. All right, let's talk about some of the good news stories we have here. Uh, we've got, uh, I want to start with the 88-year-old man serving Happy Meals because that cracks me up that a lot of kids and seniors get the Happy Meal because it's a smaller surfing. But, you know, you get the prize in there. They should start offering senior prizes. <laughs> right, right. Well, especially would for that this guy. Be? What would uh, a senior this... prize be? Maybe a little pedometer. I mean, or anything over forty. I think any anybody some, over forty gets the some, discount. Some, yeah, some uh, those diabetic shoelaces <laughs> okay. you don't have to tie. Okay. Maybe okay, uh, cool or discount, that. right? <laughs> no, but this yeah. guy's great. So this is a Boyd Hooper story, and this guy is eighty-eight years old because he he retired when he was sixty, and he got bored after three months. So he's like. I don't know what to do. So he got a job as a temporary. He was going to work for two weeks as a temporary worker at this McDonald's. And he ended up working there for 29 years. So, Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah, I but can't he, imagine uh, that. He also, uh, man, you just got to hear this guy's attitude, his attitude towards life. On a day like this, it takes some doing to find sunshine for the nuggets and sauce at the wyzetta mcdonald's good morning it's an art how's the driving i love art art's awesome yay art how about two small sprites two sausage muffins and a hash brown that's it okay if mcdonald's had a burger king the crown could easily belong (laughs) to art mason so happy so happy happy driving (laughs) <laughs> happy when art retired from a factory job nearly 30 years ago i was 60 when i retired happy till he wasn't that was good but for three months and i was bored to death so <laughs> with one door closed art simply opens another <laughs> what was to have been a two-week fill-in job there you go has turned into 29 years 29 years and i'll be 89 in may the temporary worker (laughs) outlasted the owners drive careful and every other employee in the store didn't surprise us a bit routine yeah for art's brother and sister-in-law he's gotta go he's gotta go no wife i didn't have time no kids But each day filled with a parade of opportunities. Two sausage McMuffins, how's that sound? To reach out 
and touch someone. Okay. I mean, you saw the scarf around his neck. One of his customers made that for him. That's oh, beautiful. I love, I got so many compliments from this thing. And that ever-present cap. These are all my pins that people have sent me. These pins, and a thousand more at home. Germany and Sweden, Holland. All given to art. All around good people, a lot of them here. By his McDonald's drive-up customers. Yeah. McDonald's has great food, but I come here every day because of him. <laughs> Which is why this space next to the glass is going to be so different. Yeah. Age is finally catching up with art. His health is getting bad. That leg brace from a childhood bout with polio also isn't helping. The people. The people I'm gonna really miss. I didn't know you were retiring. Yeah. I'm gonna have to. Bones are getting old. You can't. <laughs> I'm planning on leaving the tent. May 10th, two days shy. If I make it that far. Of Art's <laughs> 89th birthday. Said, what are you going to do then? I don't know, but I'll find something to do. No kidding. <laughs> if only everything else about life. <laughs> Have a good one. Could imitate art. We love art. <laughs> okay. I don't even like McDonald's food, but... If he was at a McDonald's here in the Denver Metro, I'd have to go by every day you know, just to I see art. I am telling you, he is a gold mine. Oh, I'll yeah. bet you he made so much money for that McDonald's oh, yes. branch. Oh, yes. Seriously, oh, yes. people are going there to see him. Yeah. He is amazing. That just shows you the lure of like a bright personality. Yes. yes. And he's so upbeat, uh, you know, even though he's probably in pain with mm -hmm. a leg brace mm -hmm. and almost 90. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said he was too busy to get married. That made me giggle. He's too busy. How many years did he work there? 29. 29 that's what I say, years. 29 years. That's a whole career. That's a wow. whole another yeah. career after his first career yeah. that he did. You know, it's like, that's crazy. As I was actually thinking about you and kind of your kind of rebirth here, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. as, as kind of the same thing, except obviously yeah. you're not going to be the drive-thru. He was You're 60. going to drive-thrus. You're not going to be in the drive-thru. Oh, my oh gosh. my. That's awesome. I, I, you know, I applaud that. I really do. I mean... It, he and he probably didn't even need the money. You know what? Probably didn't. You know what's funny yeah. is that my mom is kind of like this when she's out, mm -hmm. um, real friendly and gregarious, and always making comments to people. And sometimes it drives me crazy, right? When we're out, and she'll be like, "Oh, look at those fancy tights you got on. Where'd you get those? You ever play the Nutcracker <laughs> when you wear those? Oh, oh, I love those." And then I just out of the blue, right? She just like is I don't know, just talking to everybody. And she used to do it in L.A. where people aren't that friendly, uh -huh. and um, she'd do it like at the airport or like a gang members in Venice Beach playing basketball. Oh, look at that shot! That was a swisher. Was that a three point? Look at you go, young man! <laughs> and I'd be like, Mosh, you know, and it would drive me crazy. But people love her. I would like go to the bank, and they're like, Oh, we love your mom. She oh, comes yeah. in here all the time. She's so friendly. Always laughing and giggling and, you know, got a story. I mean, she's got a story, all right. Oh, yes. Yeah, she does. Beatrice she needs knows. to write a book. Write a book, Mom. <laughs> Beatrice has been, like, telling her, come on, put these stories down on paper. That's instead right. of telling them over and over to your daughter, Angie. Mm -hmm. Angie's heard these already. Share them with new people. Wow. But um, But that personality, like, Art has, it's so wonderful. Michelle it Ron is. kind of reminds me of that kind of person that, she has a kind word for everyone, and when yes. she goes through the drive-thru, she chit-chats with the kids, or I don't know. She's just so warm and caring. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. 
and it makes like a everyone's difference. Everyone's grandma in the whole world. Yeah, yeah, it like makes a difference in your day when you <laughs> interact with people She's like so that. Sweet. Yeah, I love her. Oh, Art, people are really going to miss him. He's no, trying that's to right. make. I wonder if he'll still go in there, you know, just to he visit probably with people. Will. Get somebody to take him over there and yeah, stuff. Yeah, have and, lunch or yeah. whatever. I bet you when it, that com- time comes, when he Big goes party. home to be with the Lord, I oh. bet you all those people will show up. I hope McDonald's caters it. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's a great, yeah. I just, what a great story. Boy, that Boyd Hooper finds some good stories yes, there. Yes, he does. Up at CARE 11 in uh, Minneapolis. All right, uh, we have a couple. Beatrice is a big fan of prayer, as many of us are as Christians, of course, but she really prays daily and has even a prayer call. Isn't it like 5 a.m. in the morning or 6 something? 6 a.m. 6, 6 um, a.m. 6 Mountain, yeah. And is it people all over the country? Yes, yes. We have folks down in Shreveport, Louisiana, Asheville, North Carolina, um, Houston, Texas. And you do a conference call. Yes. Yes. And then you pray together. Yes. And yes. How long we do is a call? Bible study. It's about an hour. Well, today it went. Oh, it went an hour and forty-five minutes. Are you Cause, serious? Yes, because we discuss stuff. We talk about stuff. Yeah. How many people are on it? It's about um, seven or eight people. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes it's more than that, you know. But we get on there and we pray and we talk about the Word of God and and just encourage each other. I like the every every weekday morning. Yep, Monday through Friday at six a.m. Yeah. yeah, wow! Remember, I wanted Deb Beatrice on the show. She's like, I get up around five thirty for my prayer call at six. Oh and yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, yeah. got to pray. Oh, I love this. So yes, obviously Beatrice is a fan of prayer with her hour and forty five minute call this morning, and we've got two neat stories that involve kids. One's about a five year old thanking God after chemo, and another one is a little boy surviving an accident. Uh, they believe by the grace of God. Which one do you want to start with, Dave? I think we should do the five-year-old thinking, thinking God. So this one is, it's actually, it, I think it's like a Twitter video. So it's kind of short, mm-hmm. five years old. It's difficult to understand. I just want to warn you guys about that. But it is very sweet. It's a little, bald little five-year-old just uh, after Amen. going through chemo and kind of getting good news. So. I don't have- Thank you for feeling me, brother. And get my cancer out. Thank you for playing the game. And get for get my daughter's shirt. And my portion. Amen. Amen. <laughs> thank you, God. Amen. I know that first line was, thank you for healing me. Yep. I, I love that because that's the age Dave's kids are. My um, Faithy, when she was in the crib, we they the girls run cribs right across from each other. And we'd do our prayers at night. And then they'd you know go through their whole litany of thank yous. And then at the end, Faith would go, may end. <laughs> <laughs> May end. May end. All right then. May end. I'm sure God understood it too. (laughs) Kids are the best. They're so pure. Faith told me the other day, she goes, Mom, I think kids are really nice from preschool through second. And then they start to get mean around third. Oh, love. That's interesting (laughs) because they they do start bullying each other and then they get super mean through middle school. I don't know how high school is yet because I don't have the kids that age. I think they might be a little more mature and just kind of keep to their groups, but middle schoolers are mean. I don't know. It seems like high school school 
worse. Well, the kids are, I don't know. That's I hear horrible stories about high really? school kids. Yeah, my cousin's oh, yeah. a high school teacher, and he has some. He's like some of the things that they do to each other yeah. is just horrible. Yeah. Well, Beatrice, you might um, get a kick out of this one. My son is so not accustomed to whatever the slang is again, um, racial slang. <laughs> so he plays basketball on you know break or whatever, and he's a pretty good player. My husband's like six six. They're into it. They play together, and Riley's played for years. So he's playing with all these boys, and there's a group group of African American boys that play on break. So he plays with him and this one boy kept telling him to get out of here cracker so he came home and he goes what does cracker mean i said i don't even actually know what it means but he's saying you're white yeah yeah that's a something from the south from especially georgia georgia crackers and you know talking about the um, he said, what does it really? mean? I said, I said, I said, I think he just is being mean to you. Yeah, you know, he just is. bullying you. Yeah. And he doesn't want you to play. He goes, yeah, he shoves me all the time. And Riley keeps playing. Of course, I don't want him to get hurt because if kids, you know, when you're playing basketball, someone shoves you unexpectedly, you're going to break a wrist or whatever because they get pretty rough. And basketball is rough, but not unnecessarily rough and unnecessarily shoving because, you know, when you're not being watched, you know, when you're, you don't have a yeah. ref and it, it gets pretty, street ball is pretty rough. But yeah, he had never heard that before. He's like, "What does that mean?" And I'm like, "I think I think he's just making fun of you because you're white. Maybe he doesn't want you to play with them." Yeah, it's you know, it's racial. It's definitely racial, and it that bothers me. We're in 2019, getting ready to hit. We we're 302 days away from 2020, yeah. and we still got this mess going on. Yeah. People, get a life. That's all I can say. Teach your kids to to stop doing that mess, and they got it from you. I'm just saying. I'm parents. sorry. I, I just, you know, that just really bothers me. It does. I, I'm very, uh-uh, I, I can't stand that. Because people dying left and right, and we still talking like that? Come on, people. D train your child up in the way they should go. And when they get older, they will not depart from it. So stop all that mess. And you stop talking about that mess, too. You stop calling people crazy stuff, okay? You're the adult. Your kid is looking at you, doggone it. I'm I'm sorry, and, Angie. I just uh-uh. And you do. I mean, you do have an influence on your kids, certainly. Yes. I mean, you know, I think you've seen Hope's best friends. They're twins. They're African American girls, mm -hmm. and they sit on the bus together. Mm -hmm. uh, the three of them on their, you know, they just squeeze into that little seat, and they're just the the best of friends. But your kids, if you've told your kids anything derogatory about other races, then your kids wouldn't be hanging out with them. That's right. And that is so That's unfair right. for your children to set them up for failure in life by making them feel differently about people whose skin color is different. Yeah. Because in this day and age, they're going to be working with every color person, That's right. as I did in the news business for many years. And if you give them prejudices that do not come from them, that you're putting into them, you are really setting them up to not succeed in life. Yes. And really that's, that's totally unfair. You're being unfair to society. You're being unfair, unfair to your child. To your child. I you really know? do believe that. And don't forget your generations to come because they're going to have kids. And what are they going to teach their kids? Right. Yeah. Right. So give this message to a neighbor. If it's not you, give it to your neighbor. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it, too. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sick I'm of it. I know. I just can't believe in this day and age we're still dealing with, uh, you know, hatred and oh racial my issues. It's, I mean, but it has, let's be honest, it's gotten a lot better. I mean, it's way better. But, yeah, but we still yeah, got a long way ways to, to go. go. Yeah. All right. So what's the little boy survives accident by grace of God? So, uh, some, some good news here we need. This is crazy. I was actually debated whether this was good news or not. And then at first, and I, I was like... This is crazy, but then I heard kind of the dad at the end of the story, and it absolutely is. So good. it's a terrible accident. It's, yes, okay. So and the it's dad a had to really give it over to God because yes, it, yes. it could have been. So this little boy falls like six feet off of this um, 
treehouse and lands on a meat skewer that impales through his face. So oh, like Lord. like something you do like shish kebabs with or yeah. something? Oh my gosh. Mm. And it goes through his face. Okay. So and it the goes dad's through his like... face. And so he his dad finds him like this and doesn't know what's going to happen in this like getting it out and all this stuff. And, and that's when you sometimes when the like peace that... that surpasses all understanding when you know God mm -hmm. is real. You know, when, when there's that feeling that comes over you and there's no doubt in your mind that there's a God because you get a peace when you shouldn't have a peace. Right. You hear that in this mm. guy, in this okay. guy. Wow. He could have bled, bled to death in that field covered in yellow jackets. Shannon Miller has never been as scared as he was then on Saturday afternoon. It's just a feeling of terror. His 10-year-old son, Xavier, was climbing this treehouse with friends when a group of yellow jackets began attacking them. Xavier fell four feet off the ladder and headfirst onto a meat skewer. He was more upset about the yellow jackets than he was about the, the metal piece sticking out of his face. The skewer was about a foot long, nearly went all the way through to the back of Xavier's head. It missed his brain, it missed his brain stem, it missed you know the nerves, everything that is this uh, valuable in your head, it, it missed everything. As a team of surgeons at the University of Kansas Hospital worked on a plan to remove the object. There were several plans. There's a plan A, B, and C. Xavier's family turned to their faith in God. And I said, Lord, I don't care. Hmm. I said, I don't care. Hmm. I know you have a plan. I said, if, if it's your will to take him, take him. The Sunday surgery took hours, but ultimately was a success. All I can remember is laughing and crying and <laughs> cheering and just the support of my friends and family, you know. Powerful. Miller says it was a test of his family's faith, but they never doubted God's plan. Only God could have directed things to happen in a way that would save him like this. And that was a miracle. I mean, it was a miracle. Wow. 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 Just say, God, I, I give it to you. See, but you can see why I saw you guys cringing at the beginning, and I'm like, is this That's a good a news story? Is this a good news story? But then as you hear at the end, and oh, wow, That's this intense. is actually, I mean, that's that is a it's, horrible uh, accent. I can't even imagine your reaction, you know, trying oh to stay God. calm mm -hmm. right. when you see the skewer through his head. Yeah, and then the picture of him after, there's a picture of him, and he's got like this bruise on it's kind by of, his nose, it's kind of goes like under, like to the side of his nose and under his eye, and it went kind of down. To the base of his skull, oh, and it didn't hit anything somehow. It was like gosh. straight this way. So it was like wow. through his face, and so it's like right under his eye, there's like a big bruise. He had a black eye, and I'm like, it's, it's from the picture, it looked like you know, that's all the damage. I got, to, like I got to go to the scripture <laughs> on that one. Let me oh, just, oh um, my gosh, let me just go to Psalm, I believe it's 91. But I can completely relate to, okay, this is completely out of my hands and this yeah, is in your hands. Yeah, you have no bed. control when right. your, your son was diagnosed with cancer on like right around his fourth, his fourth birthday. And just that, that feeling that there's nothing I can do. Right, right. And in fact, right now, this very moment, is he's in for his next MRI. So hopefully um, on Monday when we talk to you guys, mm, they'll have mm -mm. really good news. Oh, wow. Well, Goodness, that's just um, that's just crazy right there. That's just crazy. Beatrice is looking um, up her scripture because she's going to share this with us. Yeah, Psalm ninety-one and verse eleven in the King James Version says, "For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways." But I really love the Passion translation of a lot of scripture now because it's just so awesome what it says. And in the trans trash Passion translation. 
of Psalm 91 and 11, it says, God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. You can't tell me that that wasn't God right there with that little boy. You cannot tell me that God did not send commission special angels to help that little boy. Yeah, he got hurt. And I bet you he learned something from it, too. But Ooh. God kept him and didn't let that thing puncture his brain, his spinal cord, nothing. I mean, nothing. That's Crazy. God right there. If y'all don't believe in God, y'all better get right. <laughs> I'm telling you, because God is real, y'all. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Wow. Love it when she says hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, hey, my Lord. If you want to find out more about what Beatrice is doing, your website, Beatrice. DrillSergeantOfLife.com. If you want to uh, get her some Bibles for her ministry, that'd be wonderful. AngieAustinRadio.com. You can write to us there as well. We'll be right back. Good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hello, my name is Donna. I worked for the ARC for six years and I loved every second. And I love working for the ARC. My favorite thing working for the ARC is I love everything about it. I love my managers and my co-workers and it's just a pleasant place and it's a place where you feel safe and loved and they treat you like a family the best deal i found at the ark is i found a brand new litter box for my cat <laughs> call 303-238-JANE 303-238-JANE or visit arcthrift.org please do your shopping at the Ark because you're shopping with the purpose. Having fun in the mountains is easy year-round with YMCA of the Rockies. Come fill your spring days and nights with our exciting programs and entertaining activities. At YMCA Estes Park Center, we love spring in the Rockies. This year, YMCA spring break activities start on March 8th. The fun never stops at the YMCA of the Rockies spring break. Get out there and enjoy some springtime hiking and activities like wildlife and ecology classes, guided hikes into Rocky Mountain National Park, or even fun and entertaining bug classes for the kids. YMCA S's Park is the ideal family vacation located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to ymcarockies.org. Fill your spring break with fun, exciting, and affordable family adventures. At YMCA of the Rockies, go to ymcarockies.org to book your stay today. Please enjoy this encore presentation of a classic segment of The Good News with Angie Austin. Welcome back to The Good News. Well, one of my most satisfying relationships in uh, Denver uh, doing The Good News has been with the Denver Rescue Mission. And I have to tell you, two organizations I've really bonded with, and yours is one of them, Alexa Gagne. Uh, you guys are just spectacular. I love what you do. And I think so many people in the community don't know how deep you go into the relationships you have not just with homeless men and that's what oftentimes what we think of the Denver Rescue Mission taking in you know guys on the street but there's so many different fingers of what you guys do helping families helping people get through drug addiction issues helping single moms um, who may be dealing with addiction issues it's it's really the star program I mean you're helping people get into housing and it's amazing well thank you and thanks for having us on Angie you're so good to us and we love being on your show 
Well, your success stories, I have to admit, are some of the best. We, you know, we're blessed to have, um, be able to help a lot of people, as you mentioned, a lot of different areas, um, and, and really to make an impact. And really, it's about stability and changing, changing lives in the name of Christ. <laughs> well, you know, I think part of the reason that I'm so touched by what you guys do is, you know that I have a brother, and we're going to introduce Darwin, who's a success story from your program. And I think guys like Darwin kind of give me hope, because I think that when your life has spiraled out of control and so many guys you've brought in who've gone through the new life program or NLP as you guys call it um, so many of them have really hit rock rock bottom and uh, I have to say that I mean my brother I hadn't heard from I haven't seen him for over 10 years and then I s hadn't talked to him since Christmas about two years ago but he'd left me a message Mother's Day a year and a half ago like I remember all the dates right and right. so he called me um, this week, this last weekend. Wow. And so I want to play a little bit of it because he suffers from mental illness and he's had some drug addiction issues and you, you'll be able to tell by his voice, but, um, it just, uh, Darwin and his stories, the stories you bring me, give me hope for my brother. So here he is. Well, I forgot to say happy new year to mom and tell mom I told her I love her. Hope you guys are still doing all right. Uh, talk to you later. Bye. So he had um, called me earlier and left one message and then forgot part of it. Then I called him back and it was tough because he wanted my address to send me a Christmas card and I had to give him my address about four or five times. And so I think what's happened is a lot of family shuts off people who've used in the past, but now I really think what his drug use was masking mental illness. And so through talking to him, I found out he's been in an apartment for two years and he's in a facility with other people with mental illness. So he's got his own little apartment for like $150 a month because they're great programs like the Denver Rescue Mission where people are given a second chance. And so I asked a neighbor, because he doesn't have a phone, I said, how's my brother doing when I called back? And he said, you know, we all suffer from mental illness here and we do the best we can, but I think he's doing pretty well. And uh, so I called around the family and said, look, he's not on meth anymore. That's very obvious to me, but he's on medication, so he's very sedated. And sometimes when people have been burned by relatives in the past, they have a really hard time forgiving. And I'm not saying open yourself up to being taken advantage of by an addict again. What I'm saying is open your mind to caring about someone. I'm not saying drop down all your boundaries. I'm saying like take the phone call, send them a Christmas present, send them a gift card, do things where you don't feel that you might get taken advantage of by them. But um, don't stop caring just because you've been hurt in the past. And so I'm a big fan of forgiveness. And because I called her on the family, some people didn't even respond to my request that he wants to reach out to them. And that hurt me. And my husband's like, look, you can't control other people's forgiveness or whether or not they'll you know, talk to him or not. And so um, your stories like Darwin's, who you're going to introduce to us now, they really give me hope. And I love what you guys do because you take lives that have really have hit rock bottom and people that may not have any hope left in their hearts and you give them the hope back and you give them Jesus. Absolutely. Well, and I my I got a little teary-eyed when you played that message because I, I agree with you. You you get burned in the past and you have struggles with family members or friends and you kind of shut down and shut off. And I, I love your approach in saying you can love them, you can care for them, you can pray for them. You can. There's a lot of things you can do and things will progress. Right. And things don't you can do. Yeah, we're not saying open up your front door, let them come in, give them your bank, your debit card. We're saying like find ways that you can still show you care uh, without putting yourself at risk. And, you know, for me, that was sending him clothes and sending him some food and some things that I just wrote 
know you're just know that you're loved, you know, because he says he's a self-made orphan because people burn bridges. So Darwin's been through your program. I know he's a military veteran and he's seen some success of a new life program and he's been in like a year and a half, correct? That's right. And I believe he's about to graduate. He can tell us a little bit more, but um, the last time we talked, he was looking at maybe December or January. And when guys um, graduate, it's, I mean, I'm getting teary-eyed again. It's just, it's amazing because it's an accomplishment. I've been at the graduation and it is an accomplishment because these are people who've reclaimed their lives. Absolutely. Like you said, coming from rock bottom or where that looks different for everyone. Right. Everyone's bottom is different, they right. say. Some of them are really, really deep bottoms. Right. And so it looks different, but coming up from that, wherever the level they get to is is beautiful. So um, yeah, I'm excited that we'll hear a little more about Darwin's story today. All right. Welcome to the show, Darwin. Oh, hello. Thank you. Thank you for uh, having me on your show. Well, I'm, uh, congratulations on your success as well. I want to hear, you're graduating soon? Uh, yes, I'm up for graduation. Now I met my minimum date. However, I have decided to stay a little longer just because of the things that uh, the Denver Rescue Mission is doing for me. They continue to keep me stable, and, uh, you know, they, they give me, you know, that outlook that I need and that support that I would need to, you know, transition out to do things on my own again. So I've, uh, I've made a decision uh, to stay, stay around just a little longer so I can, uh, you know, transition when I'm comfortable enough to transition. Hey, I think that's smart. I think that's smart because even though you're already seeing success, it's good to have that yes. really good foundation before you leave. Hey, let's go back yes. in your story a little bit and figure out how you ended up in uh, at, the re- at the Denver Rescue Le- Mission at the New Life Program, Darwin. And let's go back in your um, story. And, you know, sometimes I- I- I'm not giving your last name because that's up to you if you want to give it. I always kind of leave people that have been through programs, you know, the option uh, yes. to uh, give that or not. Let's go back in your story and uh, t- talk about uh, what happened, and you, you served in the military. Let's go back into some of that. Okay, yes. Um, I'm uh, a combat action vet. Um, I, I've exper- I experienced uh, uh, combat because my ship that I was on, uh, we, um, we end up hit, got hit by our mine. And, um, you know, uh, experiencing that and coming back, you know, although I made it back to, the, you know, the States, um, you know, alive. However, the uh, the impact of my life that from from that uh, that mine hit has it affected my life uh, tremendously because you know I uh, went over there uh, one way and I came back another way and uh, to just you know pretty much to just uh, sum it all down. I lost who I was because I I came back you know. And the person that I was when I left, it was no longer because I experienced, you know, combat at first hand. So I pretty much faced death is pretty much what I did. And for me to return back and uh, expecting, you know, my family members, uh, my my wife and my kids and my other family, you know, they, they expected the same person to return back. However, when you when I returned back injured, you know, it was uh, it was a shock to them, and they didn't know how to receive me. So, you know, it was hard, and it took me on a road to recover who I am because, you know, the person I was is no longer. So I turn, you know, I end up 
you know, looking for things that satisfy temporary satisfaction and relief. So I end up, you know, uh, doing drugs. I end up, my, my bottom was homeless. Uh, I, I had abandoned my family, my children, my, my wife, and I end up homeless out on the street. Just, uh, you know, trying to find out because I felt rejected. Because I, you know, I went, I fought for my country, and I was, I was damaged, you know. And once I ended up on the street, and uh, I did, you know, several rehabs and everything. Um, I know the VA was is very good, and they continue to be good to get me back to where I need. But it was something was missing because, you know, I tried all the rehabs, and and I went to the VA. They had like mental help for me and, you know, addiction help. But it was one piece that was missing. And, um, you know, I um, I continued to, you know, search and, and, and find. And I, um, I was in San Diego and, um, you know, I was at my rock bottom and I um, had a friend that was in Denver and um, they invited me to come here. And when I came here, it was the same thing. And I was downtown Denver, Colorado, and I said, you know, um, this is not what I came here for. I could have stayed in San Diego if this is what I wanted to do. And um, I was walking downtown Denver, and I saw a sign that says, uh, Jesus saves. And That's my favorite sign, by the way. <laughs> yes, Jesus saves. And, you know, me being, um, um, you know, uh, raised in a Christian home, I've always had a uh, 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 conscious of, of who Jesus was, and um, I saw that, and at that moment, I said, you know, this is my time to test that theory, you know, so I went in, and I um, I spoke with one of the chaplains there, J. Earl, and um, he explained to me what the program was all about, and um, I spoke to him, and, and I enrolled in the program, and once I, I got there, it was just a a sense of, of relief that came off of me because of the fact of the warm welcome that I received and the introduction of uh, Christ, because I know at that moment I felt that, okay, Jesus saved, what is Jesus saving me from? And at that moment I saw that I was saved from myself. I was saved to a new life. And, and that's when he said a new life program. I was like, wow, this is exactly where I needed to be. And I uh, start, I stayed there and, you know, we start having classes and start, you know, the Bible studies. And then it was ev everything that I was missing in those other programs, they was providing for me. And I mean, it's a holistic approach. That, I mean, they have everything that I was missing. <laughs> and when you said started, there was a missing piece, was that the Jesus piece that the faith was the part Jesus was missing? Piece. Yes. That's, it was the, it was the faith part because of the fact that, you know, they accepted me as I was all the other programs. I would have to get clean to go in. Uh, I would have to be, I would have to meet some type of criteria in order to get in the program, but they accepted me as I was. And I was able to, to come in and that was the piece that I said, that's the Jesus piece because he took me right as I was. And, and that moment on my life has n never been the same. It's changing on a daily basis. It continues to change. 
And, um, you know, I, I um, encourage, you know, anybody like being homeless is, is not only about being homeless. As I heard the recording of your brother, I've been right there where your brother is. You know, I, I've, I've been there. And to not have a family to reach out to, it's tough. That, that's really, really, yeah, it's really tough. And uh, now that, you know, I'm able to get that connection with the, you know, the, get the connection with the Jesus peace and letting them know that, you know, let me know that, you know, it's not over. You know, he turned hopelessness to hope. You know, he is the hope. He's the hope. He's the of tomorrow. And that's, that's what I'm learning at the uh, rescue mission about, you know, their, their mission is, you know, to give us a brighter future and changing lives. And, and that's what it's really doing. And like I said, on a continuous basis, they, it's something always new. It's nothing the same on a daily basis. Well, and I, I know you guys work in the New Life program. I've I've met plenty of the men. Uh, so you work hard, um, not just at a job, because they make you work as well within um, the rescue mission, but also um, classes and Bible study and mentoring. Now, what have you? What has been reclaimed in your life? Um, like, what are you looking at work-wise to do? What's going on with your family? Like, what's been healed within you and your relationships? Okay, after I've been... I've been healed. Once I got there, the work therapy, um, they, we do work therapy there. And me being um, uh, in uh, the military, I was administration. I did all the administration. So once I got over to the work therapy place, I uh, was working as, they call it an intern position with uh, Miss April. Well, Miss April, she's like over the NLPs. And I worked her, I was her administrative assistant there. And that working in that position had it gave me that feeling of, of belonging again. I was An able accomplishment. to accomplishment. Yes, to get back to that place, get back to to where I I was and, and, and the things that I like doing and that's to interacting with people and, and being able to help and give back. So, and uh, she supported me as well as my chaplain, you know, because we get assigned a chaplain and trust a mentor. And he's, he's been tremendously, he's, he's been a blessing in disguise because he's, you know, he's been, he's walked, that, he's walked right there with me. Even the times that, you know, I was down, he was able to, to help me out and encourage me to keep it moving and, and, and pre- press forward. Um, and you mentioned, I, Darwin, about family, like having you know, not having anyone to reach out to when you're homeless. How has that gone with your um, wife and kids? Has there, have you, has there been contact? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a daily, daily contact. I mean, I'm, I'm um, constantly, I'm always on the phone again. Um, I, you know, I interact with my, with my wife, my, well, actually it's my ex-wife, but I can tell you she's still a part of my life. So I uh, continue to speak to her. My kids contact me. My mom, my uh, brothers, everybody is, you know, they're, they're supportive now. Now that they wow. see that it's, 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 you know, it's not about being homeless. It's, it's whatever it is that a person faced. I, I faced, you know, my life because I was in war. Right. But I mean, on a daily basis, it's just being out here on the streets. It's, you, you never know what a person has encountered because it's, it's war out here on the streets. And, and, uh, Yes. How, how long and, were you homeless, Darwin? Well, I mean, I could say um, up to about a year and a half. 
It's hard, because, I mean, hard life, isn't it? It's a hard life, yeah, especially when you're coming from a place, military, you know, they provide your your housing and everything for you, and then you have your own house and kids. And for me to just check out, you know, to just leave that, and and I never, you know, the places I was uh, in, San, you know, I was in California, San Diego, then it didn't give me a, a, the places I would go when it was only a, a short-term stay. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's no, I can say, I, I, you know, I probably can say, you know, there's no other program that's going to allow you to take up to two years off of your life to I, get yourself back together. I think that's such a good point about the Denver Rescue Mission's New Life program because so many programs give you 30 days. Well, these are lifelong issues that people have had yes. their entire lives. So they, you have to relearn how to live and retrain your brain. And I think you give us a real eye-opener, Darwin, to um, really having compassion for people that sometimes you can't see their injuries. You said that you went into combat and that after the mine hit that you fought for your country and you were damaged. And maybe people yes. couldn't see that damage. And then we just make judgments when we see a homeless person and we're like oh wait that's the homeless person who put his life on the line for me yes and that yeah i can i agree because um you know and you touched you said something that another class that i really really um it helped me there is the life skills class they offer a life skill skills class at the mission and the course is, is so good. I mean, it's, it even, you know, gives you college credits. Wow. And, yeah, so that, that life skill piece is something that I know I was missing. I mean, it, it teaches you how to manage your money, and, and it talks about addictions. And, and just any life skills that, that I was struggling with, I was able to, you know, to, to, you know, get some reinforcement and some knowledge about what I was doing and how to, it helped me to, you know, to move on and understand that, you know, I'm not by myself, you know? Yeah, you're not by yourself, especially when you have Jesus in your heart now, as we put it, the Jesus piece of the program. Well, I have to say, I think that uh, you're a true blessing to us here on the show because you're a prime example of why I started the good news, to give hope to people. And you said the Denver Rescue Mission's New Life program, um, you were hopeless, and it turned that hopelessness into hope. So congratulations on your success, Darwin. I hope I get to meet you at graduation, and thank you so much for calling in. Thank you. All right. Oh, that's a great, Alexa, he's just a prime example of what you guys do. If people want to volunteer at the mission, you need um, mentors for the Men in the New Life program. You need mentors for the kids who are staying uh, in the family shelter part of uh, uh, the program. You need all kinds of things. So if people want to get involved or maybe they know someone who'd like to be in the New Life program, how do they reach you? DenverRescueMission.org. Thanks you're so much. The, you're the best. I just love you. We love you. We'll be right back. All right, I have Melissa. She's an ambassador with ARC. You know I love ARC. I get great deals there, but the money goes back to the community and helps so many people. Melissa, tell me about ARC. ARC is just an amazing foundation who helps people with intellectual disabilities, and it's just amazing. I love working there. I've worked there for almost five years. Well, and I feel like there's a family environment there. Now, when I shop at ARC, we always say shopping with a purpose. So let's say I spend $10 at ARC, but how does it help other people? When you buy stuff at the ARC, it helps people with intellectual disabilities. It helps the community. I like working at the ARC thrift store. It's really fun. I think you have such a fantastic personality. I think one of the best things about ARC are the ambassadors like yourself because I think you guys are the heart of the organization. And I find so much positivity and encouragement and 
I want Ark to come to my house with a truck. What do I call? You call 303-238-JANE. Again, the number is 303-238-JANE. The website is arkthrift.org. Again, it's arkthrift.org. You rock, Melissa. Thank you for coming in to talk to me about Ark. Rejuvenation on the Rocks is a cutting-edge medical facility in Greenwood Village that will have you looking and feeling your best. Roxy O'Brien transforms lives using a non-surgical revolutionary treatment called Cool Sculpting that targets, freezes, and eliminates fat cells in the areas of your body that are resistant to diet and exercise. With this non-invasive and effective procedure, you will start to see a difference fast. And the best part is that as a Good News listener, you will receive a buy three, get one free special on your Cool Sculpting package. Call Roxy at Rejuvenation on the Rocks at 720-328-9094 or go to Rejuvenation on the Rocks that's Rejuvenation on the ROX.com to start your cool sculpting package and be sure to tell Roxy that you are a good news listener to receive your special pricing deal well hello friends hello this is producer Dave I'm here with another opportunity to talk to our very very good friends up the YMCA of the Rockies it's one of my favorite places I've ever been in my life it is beautiful. Both locations here in Colorado are amazing. SS Park and then out um, kind of by Grand Lake, their um, Snow Mountain Ranch location out there. They're both really good. There's things to do for small children. There's things to do for the entire family. There's things to do for, you know, the more experienced children, the older generation of us. And there's something for everybody there. And one thing that YMCA really focuses on is outdoor life. And um, so they really want to focus on how many amazing things there are to do outside. That's one of my favorite parts about YMCA. And I'm sitting with Kellen today. We're talking about how great it is to go to the YMCA. Hello, Kellen. Hi. Thanks for being on the show. We really appreciate it. It's always fun talking to you. And um, we have, you know, the, as winter starts winding down, um, there's kind of a transition period, but it never gets boring at the YMCA. Isn't that right? That is correct. All, all year round, we're offering something to do. So what's the next thing that we can start looking forward to? We're going to be planning our vacations now that winter's ending and we want to do something really fun in the spring. What's something that we can do at the YMCA? Yeah, well, we certainly love spring here at the YMC the Rockies, and so we make sure to put on some special programming um, for everyone that has uh, that block of time off to go and explore Colorado. Um, so we offer special break, special spring break programming from March 8th through April 11th here. Well, okay, so that's kind of a long period, so there's plenty of opportunities to get up there. One of my favorite parts about, too, about uh, SS Park is it's only a couple of hours away. It's not even that far. So it's like going on a vacation right here. You don't even have to go out of town, really, to go on a really awesome vacation. And um, and the, so during that time, I have a question. Be, at the YMCA and SS Park, it can be, you know, kind of muddy and cold. And is there plenty of stuff to do still? Or is how is the weather and what's it like during uh, during spring in SS Park? Yeah, of course. Um, the fortunate part of SS Park is we are kind of on that eastern slope of the mountain. So um, our snow is a little different than that western slope mud season that they're kind of famous for. So uh, we're actually a little bit drier, which is really good to get outside and go on some early spring hikes and do other activities like our spring break programming offers a lot of fun um, wildlife and mountain ecology classes where you can get out and um, we're right next to the national park so a lot of our, our guided hikes and excursions go into the park. 
Right. So all year long, you have guided heights in, into the park. And I'll bet you that springtime when kind of everything's coming back to life is pretty amazing. Yeah. And our um, we call them hike masters. And there are staff that, that take our guests on the guided hikes and snowshoe walks. And they're so knowledgeable about the peaks in the park and our ecology and that flora and fauna that starts to pop up in the springtime. That sounds like so much fun. And you can do that. I mean, you probably have pretty advanced hikes, so more experienced hikers, but then also the whole family can go, right? Correct. Yeah, we have a variety of different activities and uh, more adventure programming to story time at the library and, and bugs about program or programs about bugs for the little kids. Right. My kid, my two sons would love that. I'm sure they love bugs. Uh, so, uh, this, this is a Rocky Mountain, I'm sorry, the YMCA Rocky Mountain and Estes Park. There's so many fun things to do. You can go into the park with the guided hikes. You can bring the whole family. And lodge rooms are very, very affordable. Plus, they include breakfast. And uh, you can get a cabin for kind of couple families. You can get a lodge room. There's tons of stuff to do. Kelly, can you tell our listeners where they can go so that they can make sure that they can book a room and get there during the time that the activities they want to do are, doing, are going on? Yeah, we have... Plenty of cabins and lodge rooms available for our spring break uh, time period, and you can find all the information and schedules at ymcarockies.org. Ymcarockies.org. Go there. It's really easy to navigate through that website. You can find your lodge room. You can book your, you, you know, if you book a couple days, it gets really, really inexpensive. You can take your whole family on vacation this spring, and they won't, you, your bank account will barely even be able to tell. Thank you so much, Kellen, for being here today. And uh, as always, it's, it's been a pleasure. And everybody, get out there and go to uh, ymcrockies.org and book your lodge room today.